Come on. So that was a true testimony about uh, Trisha's place. It's, it's amazing. Uh, we love it there. Uh, the Spirit of God fills that place. I know that, you know, a lot of people don't like attention, and that's okay. But the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. And uh, we will not shy away from that just because somebody doesn't want it. <laughs> Trish isn't the only one. There's a lot of people that don't like it, but that's okay. Um, it's good. It's good. Hey, we're here. Thanks for coming today, guys. Whether you're here, whether you're part of Redeeming Love, or whether uh, somebody invited you here and you're here for the very first time, thanks for coming. We're so glad that you're here. And today I want to talk about Be the Church. And so today's message is entitled Real Church. And so, listen, we are the church. The church is not a building, the church is a body of believers. And so, it's us. We are the church. Say, I am the church. I am the church. The church is the people. It is not the steeple. The building is not the church. It is, but we are the church. And we have to know that we are the church. You and I, flesh and blood. It's the fellowship of the believers that makes up the church. So today I want to talk about real church. Can we get real with church? Can we get real? Can we get real? You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, issues in the world, and those issues would be resolved if people, in, in large part, would just go back to church. Church attendance numbers are in decline all across America. And so if we would go back to church, all of these problems would be solved. There is not a problem going on in the world today that Jesus, that God, does not have a solution for. There, you can't find one. COVID, he's got that. Cancer, he's got that. You just keep laying, the, the war in Ukraine, he's got that. The, the whatever's coming next, he's got that too. We don't even know about it, and he's got it. There's an answer for everything. And all we need to do is be the people of God, be the church of God, come together, because we can't do it on our own. I said we can't do it on our own. Amen. There are no spiritual Rambos. Some of you don't even know that reference. Oh, man, I just aged myself terribly. Wow. Ooh, better take a drink after that. There are no spiritual supermans. Maybe not. Nah, it's still not a good reference. I don't know, I'll get back to you. So I want to talk to you today about real church. I want to talk to you about real church. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to you about some misunderstandings that we have about church. Because a lot of times we can't understand what we need to do if we, if we don't understand what we do wrong. Right? Sometimes to understand what we need to do right, we need to understand what we might do wrong or what we, what we might think wrong. Okay, and so what I want to do today is I want to address some misunderstandings that you and I, that a lot of us have, uh, or maybe it's just friends, maybe it's neighbors, maybe it's somebody beyond uh, that have about church, because as we understand others' misunderstandings about church, it'll empower you and I to have that discussion to maybe draw them back into the fold of God. Amen? Misunderstanding one, there is no such thing as a perfect church. What? There's no such thing as a perfect church. I mean, I know as good as, as we are here, I know, it's hard to believe after a day like today. I mean, we're only halfway through, but there, there is, I know, but there is no such thing as a perfect church. Look at this quote. Charles Spurgeon said, if I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, 
I should have never joined one at all. And the moment that I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. Wow. Charles Spurgeon, guys. We're not talking like, you know, the, the preacher down the street. We're talking a great man of God. If I had never joined a church until I found one that was perfect, I would have never joined one at all. And if I did find one and then joined it, I would have ruined it. You know why? Because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'll say it again for those in the back, those that didn't get the memo. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I know you think you are. You're not. <laughs> you came to church. What I learned at church today. I'm not perfect. <laughs> We're not perfect. Church isn't a church isn't a, is in a museum of the perfect. It, it's it's a it's a hospital for the broken. Come on, we come here as broken people to get fixed up, to get patched up, to get loved up by God and one another. And one another. There's no such thing as a perfect church. We're it. We are the church. As broken as we are with all of our stuff, with all of our failings, with all of our misgivings, with everything that's gone on in our life, with everything that's gone right in our life, with everything, all of our junk, all, nothing hidden, we're the church. Nothing hidden. Romans 15, 1 and 2. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. I love this scripture. And I know it's in New King James and it's tough, so we'll read it out of the Passion because that's going to work. Now those who are mature in their faith can be easily recognized for they don't live to please themselves but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, oh. I think I just felt some growth right there. Our <laughs> I just read scripture to you guys. I haven't even explained anything yet. Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity. Man, I'm telling you what, there, now there is a, a mouthful of what the church should look like. Are we perfect? Well, I don't know. What is a perfect church? I think we have this misunderstanding of what a perfect church is. Now, those who are mature in their faith, if, you, if you're here and you would raise your hand, don't raise your hand. If you would raise your hand and say, I'm mature in my faith, if that's you, then the Bible has great instruction here for you. Pay attention. They can be easily recognized. I'll know if you are mature in your faith because you will not live to please yourself. You will learn to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. You know what that means? That means that when you come and you complain and say, you know, well, brother and so-and-so in the back, he does this or that and, and what and not and what forth. Okay, you haven't embraced them in their immaturity. Clearly, you're not spiritually mature. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm letting out all my secrets. This is the way I pastor. 
because this is what the scripture says. I, and I'm not going to hold it against you because you're not spiritually immature. I'm going to patiently embrace your immaturity. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Come on, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. This is funny. Be, be laughing with me. But honestly, 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 can we just get honest? Can we get real for a minute? Real church, real church, real church. We're spiritually mature. We're to help those who are weak. There's somebody weak on your left. There's somebody weak on your right. There's somebody weak in front. There's somebody weak in back. Hold them up. Hold them up. You know what? If we're all on one leg, we have trouble getting along. But if we were to just link arms, we could, all, we could, we could win with one leg because we all link together. Uh, are we together? Are we holding one another up or are we tearing one another down? We're meant to, as the church, come together and to edify one another to encourage one another, to empower one another, to build one another up. And as the church too often, we spend too much time tearing one another down. This shouldn't be. This real church, real church is when we encourage one another. Real church is when we lift one another up. Real church is when we see someone failing, slipping, falling, not living up to what God has called them to, and we speak those things that be not as though they are, and we impart the grace of God by the encouraging words that we speak, Ephesians 3. We speak words of edification, and we impart the grace that comes only from God, the strength that comes only from God. Are you kidding me? I get to be a dispenser of the grace of God. You get to be a dispenser of the grace of God. It's as if you control God's hand. What? Ephesians 3. Real church. A couple more misnomers that we have. Misunderstandings. Church is not just for the broken. Church is not just for the broken. I've talked to people and they're like, yeah, I don't need a church, you know. My life's good. I, I, I kind of understand. I've got this relationship with God. I don't need to go to church. Church is for broken people. No. No. If you're spiritually mature, then like in the last scripture, you're here to help someone else. And so um, years ago when I was doing a landscape, this guy, he was a builder. Uh, used to build houses and stuff. And so we're, he's living in a townhouse at this point. And I was kind of like, Builder living in a townhouse for doing a landscape. That's fine. No judgment. I'm just trying to figure things out. And he comes out and he comes and he says this thing to me. He says, um, he says, talking about money, he says, I've learned in life that you're either plus or minus. You're never even. So I either have money in my bank account or I don't, or I have a negative in my bank account. It's never at zero. I was like, you know, that's really kind of profound. As simple as it is, and as much as we all have to agree with it, right? So if we were to add up our, our um, assets and liabilities, right, we'll all come to either being in the positive or in the negative. We're either black or red. No one in the room, I'm sure, no one in the room, 0% of people in, on the world would actually be at even, zero. That, that can't happen. You just can't get there. Even the, the shirt on my back is worth something. So you're never at, at zero. And so... It's the same way with um, our strength or our health in spiritual terms. You are either in the black or you're in the red. You're never just at 
neutral. And so you're either spiritually mature or you're working on it. And there may be seasons of, of your life where you go through good times and you're strong. Those are the times where you help those who are going through times where they're weak. And then the, the tables may turn and, and suddenly you come into some more trials and now you're, you're weak. And so you need somebody else to strengthen you up. And you know what? That brother who you helped four years ago, he's here to help you now in your weakness while you're strong. But what happens too many times is people who either are strong or think they're strong, they vacate the church. So they're like, I don't really need the church. And now we've got broken people that have no help. Church is not just for the broken. Church is, just, is not just for the mature, right? This isn't a place where, hey, it, until you get your act together, don't come in here, right? <laughs> that, that, is not the, that is not this church, right? Waiting until, you, waiting until you get your life together to go to church is like waiting until you stop bleeding before you go to the emergency room. Nobody would do that. That's what the emergency room is there for. It's there to stop the bleeding. Amen, Kate? Come on. That's what the emergency room is there for. This is why they have trauma. This is why they do these things. They, they know what to do. You walk through the door. You're bleeding. They're like, okay, get them, on, get them into trauma. Get them into the ER. Get them into this room. Get them into that room. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. And so if you're spiritually bleeding, if you're spiritually hurting, this is what the church is for. People say, people will say, you know, I can't go to church. That building will fall down. No, it won't. No, it won't. I walked into that building tw 30 years ago. It didn't fall down on me. It's not going to fall down on you. Come on, put a little bit of yourself out there. Share a little bit of your testimony. Tell them where you came from. <laughs> you know what telling our story does? Um, as we tell our testimony, it actually disarms the enemy. It disarms the enemy. If I hide my life, my previous life, what I was like before Christ from everybody, it actually gives the enemy strength over my life. It, I, if I hide it, it's because I'm still dealing in shame. It's because I'm still walking in shame. But if I share with people, like my wife and I shared with our children, that they were, they were there at our wedding in my wife's tummy, right? Because that's what kids would understand. We completely disarmed the enemy. Now nobody can tell, tell our kids that we got pregnant before we got married because we already told them. The enemy's been disarmed and defeated, and all he has left is a mouth. But if I tell the story first, he becomes powerless. He becomes absolutely powerless. So tell your story. I can't go into that church. That building will fall down. Didn't when I went in there. I was twice the sinner that you are. I, or I was at least half the sinner that you are. I don't know one way or the other. It's still just math. Listen, I know 10 guys that walk in my church that all of them were worse sinners than you. <laughs> First Corinthians 12, 20, and I think we're going to read through 24. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, these members of the body, which seem to be weaker, weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. 
But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part that lacks. That there should be no schism, no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, then all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's all different parts of the body here. There's arms and feet and legs and hands and noses and ears. And you know what? My nose can't do the job of my foot. Can't. Sometimes my feet smell and my nose runs. (laughs) But my nose is not doing the job of my feet when it runs. (laughs) And my feet are not doing the job of my nose when they smell. Hey, we're real church here. We have fun. God is a fun God. The Bible says that uh, Jesus was uh, anointed with the oil of gladness more than anyone. Jesus had more joy in him than anyone. So we should be having fun here in church. If you're mad because we're laughing here, then you may have to find a different church. Because we're not going to stop. We have fun here. We have fun at church. Church should be the most fun thing that you do every day of the week, every, every week of your life. Come on. There should be no division in the body. We're all different. And we can't, we cannot hold our differences against one another. We can't say, oh, hey, you know, you're an ear and I'm a foot. I can't associate with you. That's wrong thinking. I need, I need feet in my, in, my, in my church. I need arms and hands. I need lots of hands, guys. And I need noses and I need eyes. I need lots of hands. We have a lot to do. There's a lot to do. And so we need hands to do the work. You are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We need to go where he needs to go. We need to do what he needs to do. And, and we're the ones. We're all the ones. And I can't do it all. I've got my part. You've got yours. And the body, it only functions when we all come together, when we all do our thing. And so this is what we have endeavored to do at Redeeming Love. This is part of our vision. Engage God, engage church, engage culture. But this is part of our vision to empower and release every believer. Are you here? Are you a believer? Then what we want to do is we want to empower you. We want to release you. We want to say, hey, what's your gifting? How can we come alongside you and help you do what God has called you to do even better? What is it? We're here. We want to help. We want to empower you. You know what? We're going to release you into that. Reach, raise, and release the next generation. This is just going to go on forever. This is discipleship. It's never going to stop. And so we're going to find you. We're going to say, hey, do this. Okay, you know what? Here, do this a little. Do it this way next time. Hey, do this this way next time. Hey, it'll work better for you. You'll get more mileage out of it. You'll, You'll touch more people if you do it this way. It's not correction because we want to correct. It's correction because we want you to be able to use your gifting as best as possible. I want everyone here... I was having a conversation with a, with a man last week and it, somebody that I highly esteem. And, he, and we were talking about this very thing about releasing people into their gifting to be able to do whatever they want to do. And, and he said to me, he said, you don't find that many places. And I'm like, what are you talking about? 
Like this is, the, this is the purpose and the calling of the church. Ephesians 4 says, God has given the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the teacher for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. My job here is only to empower you to go out and do work. I'm going to say it again because I have only a couple of you heard me. My job here is to empower all of you to go out and do the work of ministry. That's, the, that's my job. It's, my job is not to do all the work. I could never do that. I'd die first. But with all of us, I, I teach you to do it, and we release you, and you go and do it. Amen. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. All right. We'll keep going. There will always be another misunderstanding. There will always be more than one expression of the church. What, I, what do I mean by that? Uh, we're going to have different types of churches. We have a specific expression here. Uh, we're kind of lively with our worship. I'll say it. We're kind of lively. You know, we're a little bit. A little bit. We get excited in worship. That's okay. Uh, we believe in prophetic words. We believe in, you know, so there's, there's, this is our expression. Um, for a uh, big announcement, on October 15th at 6 p.m., we will be having an ordination service for Pastor Stacy. Yeah. So, yes, we believe in ordaining women. We believe in women in ministry. And so we'll be talking about that in the coming weeks. And so that's coming up, mark your calendars. We'll be announcing it in the weeks to come. Uh, so this is just part of who we are. This is, this is if, and there's other churches down the street that believe differently than we do. And so there are different churches for different people. We have this expression. We love to dance and shout and, and sing and, and we get loud and we, we feel, you know, uh, we're feelers and we love to feel and we love, we're not led by feelings. We're led by the word. We're led by the spirit, but this is just who we are. This is our expression. And there's a different church this way with a different expression. There's another church that way with a different, and there's 10 churches that way, and there's 15 this way, and they're just all over the place, and that's wonderful. This is what, this is what the Bible has to say about the different expressions of Christianity. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 and 4. There's a lot of, it says a lot about divisions, uh, but I picked out these two scriptures. It says, for you are still carnal, fleshly, where there are envy and strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? And so we're going to see here in a moment um, that there, there, there's always going to be divisions. We're going to see this in the next scripture. But what we, what we see here in what's wrong is that there's envy and strife tied to the divisions, right? Oh, I don't like them over there. I'm envious of them because they've got more people than we do. Uh, or strife. Ah, we can't go over there. I'm going to work strife into the body of Christ because I don't agree with their expression. That's not good. That's not okay. It takes like five seconds to Google something and find somebody talking negatively about another church. You want to make me mad? <laughs> I don't get mad. I've been angry five times in my life. You want to make me mad? <laughs> Start talking negatively about the church. Jesus loves the church. Jesus is in love with the church. Jesus, Jesus is coming back to marry the church. Jesus died on the cross for his church. Jesus gave his life for the church. Don't be picking on the church down the street. 
They may not believe the way that we believe. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, it doesn't matter that they don't speak in tongues. I still love them. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. They may not believe in healing down the street. That's okay. I still love them. They're still brothers and sisters in Christ. They might not believe in ordaining women into ministry. That's okay. I still love them. And I, they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. We're still part of the body. There's no envy. There's no division. There's no strife. I refuse to allow it. <laughs> somebody said, uh, somebody said they have a great disdain for negative preaching, especially as it regards the church. I agree with that. I have a, I have a, I have a disdain for negative preaching, but especially as it regards the church. Don't talk negatively about the church down the street. Just talk about what you want to do. Just talk about what you want to do. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 18 and 19. First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must also be, say must be. There must be factions or divisions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Huh, this is curious. He just said, uh, divisions, but he tied it to envy and strife. And now he's saying there must be divisions among you. And the purpose of the divisions among you is in order to prove who's genuine in their faith. And so what this means to me is that how you believe, whether you believe in tongues or not believe in tongues, women in ministry, no women in ministry, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Whatever it is that you believe, your reaction to somebody who doesn't believe the same is more important to me than what you actually believe. <laughs> your reaction to someone who doesn't believe the same as you is more important than what you actually believe itself. No one, Jesus never turns anyone away from heaven and says, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't believe right. And it's not in the Bible. Nowhere is in the word does it say, does Jesus say to anybody, I can't let you in. You didn't believe in speaking in tongues. It's not there. It doesn't say in the word uh, anywhere, you know, I can't let you in. You stopped believing in healing. It's not there. Healing in Jesus' name. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. You know what he says? He says, I never knew you. I never knew you. And if we were to really grab a hold of the heart of Jesus, if we were really to grab a hold of the heart of Jesus and understand Jesus and understand that he loves the church and understand that he died for the church, then we would love the church with him in all its many varied aspects, in all its different varied expressions. And so one of the things that we have to understand about the church is that there will always be different expressions within the church. And I'm fine with that. And you guys are, you guys are fine with that too. And if you're not, you will be because that's just who we are here. I'm going to be okay with that. Like if they don't want to believe, speak in tongues, that's great. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try and get them to become that. Let them go and be that whatever they want to do. But you know what? Together, we're going to win the city for Christ. We need everybody. Billy Graham built his ministry on four simple things. One of them was, we're never going to speak negatively about any ministry, and any ministry that's willing to work with us will work with them. 
So come on, we're making that part of the thing here at Redeeming Love. We're never going to speak negatively about another ministry, and any ministry that's willing to work with us will work with them. Yeah? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Next uh, misunderstanding is that there have been a number of bad things done in the name of the church. This isn't so much a misunderstanding, but it's just kind of like a reason why people will stop coming. Oh, well, I'm not going to go to church. You know, there's been a lot of bad things that have been done in the name of the church. It's true. It's not wrong. And uh, I mean, we could, we could make the list long and, and we don't have time, but you know, just to name a few abuses during the dark ages, like if you've ever seen a movie, the churches were all, a lot of them were corrupt. Um, indulgences, the practice of indulgences back in the 1500s. Um, harm brought upon um, Native Americans and other indigenous, indigenous peoples through the preaching of the gospel. This, this happened. TV evangelist scandals, just to name a few. Let's, we could go on and on and on and spend hours talking about all of this stuff, bad things that happened because the church. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Um, and it's probably not going to end anytime soon. Probably, you know, within the next month or two or three, you'll hear some other kind of thing where somebody did something bad within a church. You know what? You know what's real? Is that we're real people in churches. And we make real mistakes. And we really hurt one another. And it's real church. But God built it this way. He didn't, he didn't take perfect people. He took imperfect people and put them together. What, do, what, do, what does the Bible have to say about this? It's very interesting. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> First, uh, Philippians 1, 15 through 18, Paul is in prison. Paul is in prison, and he says this. He said, some indeed preach Christ from, even from envy and strife, and some from goodwill. The former, the first ones, preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? What are we going to do? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Did you catch that? Yep. That is a confusing scripture. Paul is saying he's in prison, and he's, he's, just, he's just told us in, in the pre preceding verses, he says, I don't know whether I'm going to live or die, you know, uh, and it's actually, I prefer to die and go to heaven, but I know that it's much more beneficial for me to remain and be here to strengthen you, and I'm probably going to stay here for a bit. And then he goes into this portion about how there's people here in Rome, because he's locked in prison in Rome. He's like, there's people here who are preaching Christ, and some of them are doing it selfishly. They're doing it to, to make money for themselves. They're doing it uh, to build a big name for themselves. They're doing it for all the wrong reasons. People are dying because of the preaching of the gospel, like what happened with the Native Americans, like what happened in the Middle Ages, like what happened, like what happened, like what happened. And, you know, but then there's some others, and they're being authentic in the preaching of the gospel. They really care and love for people, and they really want people to be saved from hell. And it's real. Like there's some, there's some that are fake and there's some that are real, real church. So there's some that are fake and there's some that are real. And he says, so what's the conclusion? What are we to do? He says, listen, I'm going to rejoice whether they're preaching Christ as fake 
or whether they're preaching Christ as real, I'm going to rejoice. What? Guy, I didn't write the word. <laughs> you can't... Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in, or in truth, Christ is preached. You know what the truth is? The truth is that whether they're doing it for the right reasons or whether they're doing it for the wrong reasons, the name of Jesus Christ is going forth. And I know that there are some bad things that have been done in the name of the church, but that doesn't give us a reason to stop being the church. That doesn't give us a reason to stop trying. Somebody once said, go out, find the church that's closest to your home. You don't have to necessarily do that. And, and go in and make it the best church possible. You know why church is, you know what, you know why church is, is suffering? Because there's something missing from church. You are. Right? If we had more help, we could do more. And I'm not saying that we don't have problems. Jesus had problems with his bunch of 12. He sent them out. They see miracles, signs, and wonders. They come back, and they're like, hey, let's call down fire from heaven on those people over there. They're no, they're no good. Jesus is like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't know. He actually says, you don't know what manner of spirit you are. Then they say, uh, hey, Jesus, who's the greatest? Can I sit on your right, and can he sit on your left in heaven? And he's like, oh, guys, you're missing it again. So then they say, um, Hey, Jesus, we saw somebody over there. They were healing people, but because they're not from redeeming love, yeah, we told them to stop. Told them to stop that business. And he's like, what are you doing? That's not right. Anybody that's not against us is for us. Let them keep going. Then what did Jesus say in response to these three big mistakes that the disciples just made? Hey, this is going great. We need to get 70 more people. <laughs> Jesus wasn't afraid about mistakes. Jesus wasn't a bad, afraid about somebody wanting to make a wrong decision. The, the, his own disciples went out and did something wrong. Bad thing happened in the name of the church. Healing ministry got shut down over there. <laughs> Jesus' own people, Jesus' own 12 did that. I know what kind of... And his response is, this is fantastic. We need 70 more of you guys. Why? Because I can, we can correct a moving, a moving ship. We can direct it in the right way and get it to go where we want to. But if you're just standing there still, we can do anything we want with that rudder and you're not changing direction. Just move. Just do something. I don't care if you do everything wrong. I can help. Just do it. Just, just get moving. If, if you just push, just a little push, just, just momentum, and we're golden. I will rejoice. Now what? I love, I love conclusions. Paul here, he, he concludes this. I love conclusions. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, it says, uh, what, now what is the conclusion of the whole matter? You know, he, he wraps up the entire book of Ecclesiastes in one phrase. And he says this, he says, of making many books, there is no end and much study is wearisome to the flesh. This is the conclusion of Ecclesiastes, the wisest man on the planet. I think this is kind of important verse. If Ecclesiastes chapter 11, I think it's verse 12. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Obey God, serve God, and obey his commandments, for this is the full duty of man. Can we make it any more simple? Serve God and obey his commandments. For this, I love conclusions. And so here's the conclusion. Now what? 
we got a, a, a little bit better understanding of what real church is, what real church looks like. And so what do we do? What do we do now, guys? Be the church. Perfect. I'm going to slip, I'm going to slip ahead to this scripture. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop complaining. <laughs> we're going to stop complaining because there's no strength in it. We, we empower the enemy when we complain. God is, in praise. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. Who's, in, who's enthroned when we complain? We're going to stop complaining. We're going to stop complaining about the person on our left. We're going to stop complaining about the person on our right. We're going to stop complaining about the person in front of us, the person in back of us, the person who sings too loudly, the person who doesn't sing at all, the person who folds their arms in worship. <laughs> you guys don't complain anyways. We're going to stop complaining about the church down the street that doesn't believe in tongues. We're going to stop complaining about the church over there that doesn't believe in healing. We're going to stop complaining about the church over here. I don't know any of these churches, by the way. I'm just presenting um, hypotheticals, if you will. We're, we're going to stop complaining about everything that everybody doesn't do, and then we're going to be part of the solution. Yeah. It's a two-step process. Yeah. It's a two-step process. It's a two-step process. Number one is you stop your bad behavior. Your, number two is you... you, you reinforce that with a good behavior. I'm part of the solution. I'm part of the solution. And as part of the solution is I'm going to tell people that they shouldn't be complaining about the church when they're complaining about the church. I'm going to stand up for the church and I'm going to love the church like Jesus did. And I'm going to, I'm going to get in the way. I'm going to get in the way of somebody who wants to speak negatively. Uh, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but I'll say something. Brian um, Lawrence um, had an altercation last night. He's in the hospital. He was out walking the dog, and uh, there was a woman in distress, and um, he went to help, and uh, the assailant jumped him, stabbed him three times. And uh, they were non-life-threatening issues. Um, he was never in critical condition. Uh, they patched him up. They sewed him up. He should be coming home. Either he's home or he should be home shortly, so he's good. Uh, but he got in the way. He got in the way. He said, no, this isn't okay. And so as the church, we just need to start stepping up and saying, hey, this isn't okay. Listen, you may not believe in that, but you don't need to talk badly about the church. Hey, you may not believe in that part of the aspect of the church that that church is doing over there, but you don't need to talk badly about them. You don't need to talk badly about them. That's the church that Jesus died for. That's the church that Jesus died for. So we need to stop complaining and we need to be part of the solution. How do we be part of the solution? Number one, we speak up. But number two, we show up. <laughs> show up. We need to show up. How do we make these connections with people where the weak, where the strong can help the weak and the weak can get help? How do we, how do we make those connections? Right here. Right here. We have to be together. We have to get together. We have to show up. We have to show up. The doors are open. Show up. Join an engaged group. Join an engaged group. Join an engaged group. You know, this is where we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about everything, whatever the, the core stuff is. But then there's stuff we talk about. We talk, we talk about life. How's things going? How are you? What's up with you? Engage group. Get into an engaged group. There's, a, there's 11 of them here. Fantastic, um, fantastic stuff. Fred and Elizabeth are great. 
They are. I love them. I love being, I love being with them. Be part of the solution. Join an engage group. Get together. If you're strong, get together and help someone. If you're weak, get together and look for help. It, it's real simple. And, and this, is where, this is where we do it. We just get together and we love on one another. Here's the scripture. We'll read it again because we read it before. Now those who are mature in their faith can be easily recognized. They do not live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity. This is how we become part of the solution. This is how we become part of the solution. We don't live for ourselves. We patiently embrace others in their immaturity. And our goal is to empower others to do what is right and good and bring someone else into spiritual maturity too. And so this is how we, this is how we do church. This is what real church looks like. And this is how we help one another. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. If you invite Jesus into your life and you become part of the church and you can become part of the solution because the church is the gathering of the believers. And so if you've never prayed and asked Jesus into your life before, I want to do that today. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Come and live inside my heart and help me live for you all the days of my life. I believe that you are the son of God, that you died upon the cross for me. You were buried and rose on the third day and you are seated at the right hand of God. You died for me so that my sins would be forgiven, that I would live for eternity in heaven with you, that I would be healed in my body and I would be delivered from oppression. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to check on your box. Uh, today I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some more information that better explains that decision um, and what your next steps are. Your first next step, your most important next step, is to find a good church to belong to. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If you, if you don't like it here, we'd love to recommend another church that, that you might like more. Uh, just let me know a little bit more about what, what it is you like and don't like. There's, we know churches all around the area. Um, amen? Amen. Pastor Stacy, come on up and receive the offering. Great message, Pastor Matt. Oh, I just want to, you know, talking about being the church... This morning, I was overwhelmed when Pastor Matt and I got here, and I just want to thank every person that showed up early. Talk about being the church to put this um, event together this morning. The front was literally inundated with people, and so can we just give them a round of applause? Thank you so much for everybody who came out early, and you had to have gotten up early to have gotten here for 8 o'clock, and, um, and Lauren, thank you for really just running all of this event and, and being a Panera is at like 7.15 this morning and, and everything. Thank you so much. I don't know where she is, but thank you, thank you. And so, you know, that is what being the church is. It's coming out and taking your gifting and putting it to, you know, and using it. And so 
I want to just lead into um, offering today. There are many ways to give here. There's slides up there. You can take a look at that. But you know what? We are all the body. And I want to read um, Malachi 3. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Back then, the people who, um, you know, who ministered in the temple, the tithes came in and it's what they lived off of. And so if we were looking at that in the church of 2023, it's comes in so we can keep the lights going and, you know, pay bills and we're able to sow into so many ministries and that's what the, the, the tides do today. And then it says, if you do, says the Lord of heaven armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And so not only does he bless you, um, you know, he, he blesses you abundantly, but the more that you sow and you give, whether it's coming and helping or it's, it's putting money in so that we're able to support other ministries or keep the church going and, and keep maintaining things, it's all part of the body and we need everyone to do their share. And so I just want to applaud you. We are an amazing, you guys are amazing giving and, um, and we want to thank you. Like, we have no trouble meeting our bills every single week here. And that's because of you. And we've been able to up our giving into other ministries because of the abundance of your blessing. And so we're able to reach more of the city of Troy because of all that you do, whether it's monetary or whether it's coming early and helping serve. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we just want to pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for everyone who's here. Lord God, I thank you that like your word says, Lord, that you will pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. You're a God, a God of abundance, Lord. And we thank you that you see our hearts in this, God. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And we thank you. And we just want to be more of your body. So I thank you for every person who is sitting here, even everybody who's hearing my voice and considers themselves part of redeeming love. We thank you that as we put our poor part, whether it's monetary or our hand or whatever you have us to do in Lord God, it is for your body and to move and to spread your gospel in your name to many in Jesus's name. Amen. Just want to remind you, we will have prayer and healing um, underneath the screen. So please avail yourself to that. And on your way out, outside, don't forget, have your free card. You are not going to want to miss that booth out there. Um, I do believe that we had some coffee left over, so we will have a coffee pots out there. Have a great week. Be part of the church. You got your engaged groups. Be prayerful about which ones. And then next week, you're not going to want to miss it because those engaged group leaders are going to be given a little bit of snippet about what their group is about next week. So we'll see you next Sunday. Bye.